You're listening to the Better Bodies Podcast with your host, Rhea Wanamaker. Hi, I'm a registered psychotherapist and I'm also a human. And when I noticed that my obsession with food, fitness, and body image was taking over my life in every single way, I knew it was time to make some changes for myself and my health and to bring these important conversations to the forefront. So I started a podcast and I'm so happy that you're here. You are going to get so much out of these amazing chats. So let's dive in. What's up y'all and welcome back to another episode of the Better Bodies Podcast. I am so freaking happy right now because I just recorded this intro and I was only almost like two minutes in and sometimes I get on here and I just blip, 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 just chat away and time goes by and um, I look down and I realized that the little red dot on my microphone was not on because it was not actually plugged into the computer. And so it just recorded on the um, computer like default mic. And obviously that's gonna sound super shitty. And if you're wearing headphones, like no one wants that microphone in their ears. But yeah, luckily it was not like a 20 minutes in. So learning lessons, learn from all your experiences. And yeah, just a double check ship for you are good to go always. Um, but I was saying in the intro that I recorded to me and my dog only, um, I was saying that I'm so happy um, this this episode is, it's Fuel Up Friday and it's also the coming to the close of the first week that I have released an episode every single day, Monday to Friday, and that is my new goal. And I was saying how it feels so good to be able to commit to something, show up for it, and just be like, yeah, I said I was gonna do that, and I did. And I'm all for like cutting things out of your life, not overwhelming your schedule too much. We always think we need to add more, get this certification, get this training, do these amount of hours, take these courses, uh, network with this person, like go to this group, whatever it is we think we have to do more of it. And I'm a huge advocate of doing less in our calendars, but really pouring into the things that you do have. Um, so looking for ways in your life where you can commit to things that you already have in your life and not seeking externally more, 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 what's next, what's next, what's next, really looking at what you already have and how can you go deeper in those areas. Um, today is the final codependency episode four out of four. I will link the other three in the show notes. So number one, I talked about codependency and body image and health. Number two, talked about codependency and you in the workplace. Episode number three, chatted about codependency and you and your family. And today I'm going to touch on codependency and romantic relationships. So let's get into this juicy topic. If you have listened to the other three, um, and if you haven't, go back and listen to them, but a passive codependent person is someone who is the caregiver, the helper, the enabler, the fixer. They are compassionate um, and they're, they're coming from a good place, but on the inside they're resentful because they take on too much. They spread themselves too thin. Like I was just saying, like 
Stop taking on so much. Stop adding to your schedule. And at the same time, that is really validating, right? It feels good to be like, oh, I'm doing this and this and this because our society values productivity. So the passive codependent, though they feel resentful on the inside, think of this passive as passive aggressive, um, on the outside, they they feel valued. They feel like I'm contributing. You know, I am successful. I am helpful. People look at me that way. They identify as like, I am the helper. And, um, the active codependent is someone who idealizes others. They need affection. They need that validation from others. Um, And if they're having issues or things go wrong in their life, they won't necessarily turn inward in order to fix it. They will definitely reach out for support and advice from other people really often. And of course, like I always say, of course we need to be interdependent and reach out for that support. But an active codependent person is not interdependent. They just really value um, what other people have to say. And it's it's like a person who would ask for your advice and take it and do that right away versus kind of using their own critical thinking, their judgment, their experiences. Um, and they're really leaning on somebody else, you know, even difficulty with recognizing the boundaries that other people set in place. Like they'll feel abandoned or uh, judgmental if people aren't able to be there for them. And this is painful on both sides. Um, so how this looks in a relationship is if you are a passive codependent person, you just, as I said, like, let's talk about relationships in two senses. Like one, if you are living together and one if you are not. So let's start off if you're not living together, um, cause it's a whole other can of worms if you are cohabitating. So if you're not living together, the passive codependent person, it might take a while for this to show up. You know, you're dating, everyone feels like safe and secure, essentially, and excited at the start of the relationship. And then once we get into the, oh, and I'm going to link a book too, because that just made me think of, I I want to say the author is Bruce Lipton, and it's called something about a honeymoon, um, but I'll link it. I haven't read it, but I heard him interviewed uh, on a podcast. And I say, I, I think it's Bruce Lipton because I don't want to be getting it confused with somebody else in somebody else's book, but you'll see it in the show notes. And so what that essentially is, is the beginning of the relationship. You're all happy and things are wonderful. And we're in this honeymoon phase because you're conscious, you're awake. You aren't in, okay, so our environments that we are in trigger emotional responses. When you get up, you do the routine, same routine every single day. You make your coffee, you take the dog out, um, you get dressed, like whatever your routine is, even maybe just looking at your desk. If you're a person that works from home, just seeing your desk can elicit a stress response or you're thinking like, oh my God, I have this on my to-do list, this, 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 I have to answer these emails. So our environment and our similar patterns elicit an emotional response in us, they're triggering because we are not conscious. For 95% of the time, we are walking around 
and we are using our subconscious patterns, which is a skill and a talent that we have. It's how we're able to, you know, drive and it's how we're able to walk without thinking about walking necessarily. And same thing, eating, you're not saying like, pick up fork, lift fork to mouth. You're not going through all the steps versus if you are in a relationship, you don't like a new relationship. I mean, like sparks are flying. You don't have that routine together yet. You haven't seen each other in a working from home environment or, uh, getting up and, or coming home from work and like being stressed out and tired. You don't see each other like get ready for the day, um, or prepare meals or just all the little things that go into the day. You're not like watching each other do laundry and things like that. It's, not the subconscious patterns. Everything that you're, oh my gosh, I'm recording with my phone on. This is strange. It's usually on do not disturb. Wow. See, I was unconscious. I was not conscious of what I was doing. I was just like, oh, I'm going to record a podcast um, and not thinking of all the little things in between, like lift fork, put fork to mouth, insert in mouth, remove, take food too. Like we have to be conscious of all those little things. You're recording a podcast. You turn off your phone. Here are the steps. Or we get sucked into just blindly going through our day. And that's why people are saying like, I don't feel present in my day. I don't feel grounded. I don't feel like I enjoy anything. I just go through the motions. I rush through my day the day's over so quickly. Where did the time go? That's what that is, is that 95% of the time we are running on old subconscious loops and patterns of behavior. So at the start of your new relationships, you don't have those yet. You are just getting to know the person. Then when it progresses, you do fall into a routine, a habit, a way of relating to people that you know and that are familiar to you. Like family members in the past, your family dynamic, your upbringing, maybe even long-term friends that you've had, there are definitely dynamics there and patterns. And I think commonly, uh, maybe even how you were in past relationships, that starts to come out. All of those patterns that we continue to engage in and that are ingrained in us. So, um, yes, where was I going with that? That was like a huge mouthful. (laughs) So when you are not living together, it might take those codependent behaviors a little bit of time to come out. Um, and then you will start to see it in terms of an imbalance and an inequality in the relationship Um, so that passive person, don't forget, they are going to start to feel resentment inside. They are going to start to feel like they are maybe doing everything. Like they're being even taken advantage of, but there's part of them that still does the stuff and doesn't put up a boundary, right? Because you learn that maybe in childhood, I receive love this way. I am accepted if I'm doing, doing, doing for other people and, So, and and that's not a conscious thought, right? That's why it's subconscious. We're not going around thinking like, I'm going to receive love from my partner if I pick up these socks. You're not thinking that consciously. It's just underneath there. It's 
It's underneath. It's in the subconscious, okay? Um, But then our behaviors and actions, the way we operate in the world, that comes out. That is what we are communicating to the world around us is I need to do this in order to fit in and belong here. In order to earn my keep, in order to earn my place and deservingness, I have to do these things because that's what happened for me uh, ages zero to seven and up. If you are the active codependent person, then perhaps when you're in a newer relationship or you're not living together and these patterns start to come out, um, maybe you might lean on this partner a lot. Perhaps you are calling them often. Um, If there's like alone time, you want to find out what they're doing at least. And Maybe you need them for emotional support or to make you feel good. Maybe you're sending them pictures lots and being like, hey, like got my hair done, got this, whatever, like just seeking their approval, their validation. Um, You might feel really triggered if they tell you that they're not available, Um, which (laughs) this is how it plays back and forth is because the passive codependent person is going to do whatever they can to be available for you. But if by chance they say that they're not, this might really hurt you. Like your feelings might feel hurt. You might feel like they're not there enough for you or, or meeting your needs and you can feel out of control. Like you don't know what to do. You're reaching out, you're trying your hardest. And it's like, wow, this person is like quote unquote, emotionally unavailable. Um, and like, sometimes they're really fantastic to me. And then other times they're just not, and I don't know what to do. So in terms of codependency in romantic relationships and living apart, that's what it might look like. And if you are living together, it can be, I'd say even more extreme where the I could really see this leading to conflict within the relationship and the passive codependent person is going to try to avoid conflict at all times they they just want to sweep things under the rug you know they'll do it but they're going to be pissed off about it the active codependent is going to be reaching out to them and saying like Hey, I need this from you. I need this from you. And the passive codependent person is going to be like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. And what they're both wanting is the active codependent person. Just, they want to know that they're loved and that the passive codependent person isn't going to leave them. And the passive codependent person wants to know that they can just be and they don't have to do and that the active codependent person isn't going to leave them. So they essentially want to know, can I just be and not have to do things all the time and will you still be here for me? So (laughs) this can lead to, this can lead to a lot. Like I said, conflict within relationship because they need each other to survive essentially like it fuels the passive codependent person to be the enabler for the active codependent person and it's just a cycle so in order to break this cycle 
for the passive codependent person, if that is you, if you identify that way, the helper, the fixer, the doer, you need to start with getting really clear on who you are, what's important to you, your goals, your values, start setting boundaries and honoring them. That is the biggest piece because you you might even already know them, but you're breaking them. And that's why you feel the resentment. You're literally giving your power away. So you have to start honoring your boundaries and communicating that to your codependent partner. If you are the active codependent person, it's going to be really important that you have hobbies and passions that are outside of your partner, outside of your relationship, things that excite you and keep you engaged and feeling alive and feeling whole on your own um, outside of the relationship. So you aren't putting, so to speak, all your eggs in that basket. So your partner isn't the only thing holding you up. Like this is the kind of person where if the relationship ended, they would be broken. They would be completely devastated. They would have nothing like they are the person who is left with out any friends after a relationship because you know they were all the friends in the relationship were mutual but more so on the other partner's side so then when the partner left this person was left with nothing and they also you know weren't part of any clubs or teams or they weren't creating anything of their own or crafting or um or even like spending time with their coworkers or whatever it is. They just, maybe they've even like abandoned their family a bit to be with this person. So the active codependent um, will feel like they have nothing if the relationship ends. So it's so important that if you are that person, you can create a really healthy relationship by having other things going on for you. And that also gives you a sense of control, right? There's a feeling of out of control. Like if this other person leaves me, I don't know what I'm going to do. So gain some control in your life by having things that are yours, that are just for you. Like you go to yoga at this time every Saturday, no matter what. And also I think having that open dialogue so that the passive codependent person can explain their boundaries and honor their boundaries and so that you recognize and are able to honor them. So I hope this was helpful for you. I love chatting all things, attachment styles, patterns of behavior, codependency. I think it's so interesting on how we learn to be in this world. How do we learn to receive love, affection? How do we learn that we are deserving of connection with other people how do we learn i don't know if i said value but our value our self-worth i just find it so fascinating um because it's we blink and we're adults and then we have all this baggage and you're like what the heck i had a wonderful childhood or maybe you didn't and you're like i've had really traumatic shit happen and I don't even know where to start and unpack this so whichever wherever you are if you're somewhere in the middle of all that we do honestly it feels like you're a kid and then you blink and and you're an adult and then this is the stuff that happened um throughout your upbringing 
is now at the forefront in driving your behaviors in your life, in your relationships, in your career, and your hobbies and passions. It's driving your finances. It's driving the way that you take care of yourself. So it's so important that we begin to dive in and reflect on what is making us behave in these ways and where can we make changes to better ourselves and by extension, those around us. So I hope you have an amazing day and we will chat soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. It honestly means the world to me. I love podcasting. I love bringing you this free resource. The best thing that you can do to support the show is to screenshot the episode that you're listening to and any takeaways that you got from it, share it on social media, tag me in it so that we can chat more about it. And also send it to any friends, family members who you think would also benefit from listening to this and give it a rating, a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. And that just helps others to be able to find this content as well. We'll chat soon. Bye.